With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What's up, everyone? It's the Love, the Jam, the podcast. I'm Chapon, coming to you as always with Rob. How you doing, Rob? I'm doing pretty well. Chap, you doing okay? I'm doing all right. I, I worked a random night last night, so my schedule is all super random. And I just woke up like, it's like nine o'clock over here. I woke up like, like an hour ago. It's weird. <laughs> but uh, the Clippers are also kind of weird right now. They just played the Shanghai Sharks. <laughs> yeah. The CBA. And what was essentially just like a huge scrimmage uh, with no defense played and just a lot of a lot of kind of uh, kind of a boring game. Uh, uh, Monty Yunus was in that game. That was kind of fun to see him again. He w- was like in that game. He shot like twenty four times. Yeah. And I don't really know Nunnally. Do you know Nunnally? He's been Much? like on the fringes of the NBA for like the past six years. Yeah. I don't know where he went to college, but I know he was on the Timberwolves last year. I think he was on the Warriors at some point. Uh, but yeah, he's been in like training camp and summer league. Like every year, basically, um, and I think he's been in the NBA parts of like four seasons. Hmm, kind of an interesting shot, but he played really well. He uh, shot yeah. really well and definitely put himself out there as a scorer. But I mean, that's really all you can say about that team. I don't even remember who else played, honestly. Um, but those two played pretty well. Onto the Clippers. The Clippers had, you know, a game where they essentially. <laughs> drives to the basket i don't think uh mo harkinson miss a shot because he had like five dunks that were just completely uncontested and a couple corner threes uh but the team in general you know you got to see a few things um you know the stat lines across the board were actually fairly impressive for the most part uh what were your immediate takes uh from the clippers this game rob with the standing statement that very know. little it's, should be taken from preseason. The Shanghai Sharks, remember everybody. Not just preseason, but the second game of preseason. <laughs> and generally teams kind of work their way in and play regular rotations more towards the end. Not just preseason, early preseason and against a non-NBA team and not even a good European team, but like a mediocre <laughs> Chinese team. It's a great qualifier, yeah. Uh, the four qualifiers. They're not even <laughs> like a good Chinese team. <laughs> Um, yeah, there's not much to take away from this outside of like maybe getting minutes with who and just some skill level stuff. Um, but anything else I just think can be thrown out. Like they are definitely below G league level competition. (laughs) Right. Absolutely. I think Nunnally and Mata Yunus are probably the only guys who'd be playing in the G league. Yep. So, yeah, uh, I mean, take everything with a massive, massive grain of salt, even for preseason. Mm-hmm. That said, um, Harkless looked really good. Like, I know he won't get a million open dunks, but I thought the way he played was representative yeah. of the way he will play. And those mm-hmm. are the things to look out for in preseason, right? It's not necessarily the results or even 
the on-court action that leads to the results so much as the processes behind it. And with Harkless, it's that he's a smart cutter. He will be in that dunker spot a lot this year because his shot is kind of iffy, which is not great, but he did drain a couple corner threes. He shot them without much hesitation. And I thought his size and length were really evident on defense. Mm-hmm. Like, yep. he looks like a big man out there. I think mm-hmm. he's I – don't, I don't remember the listing, the, the official height and weight listing now. But I'd say he looks like he's a full 6'9 out there. In yeah, that's, that's what he's listed as, yep. Yeah, like 6'9", like 230 probably is what I'd guess. He's a big dude, and yeah. he moves around really well. And I thought that just came out like he looked like he was all over the court against them. And he's a really good defender. Like I, He's not on Paul George's or Kawhi Leonard's level, but he's a, a very a well above average defensive player, and he can guard multiple positions. And the Clippers basically got him for free this summer, which is incredible to think about. Yeah, are, are you are you on board with the idea of a Harkless Robinson first round pick package for Andre Iguodala? If it came to that, would that be something that you you would be okay with? Because you know, I'm not really even so tough. sure. You know, like because I love, I I really like Mo Harkless. I was excited for him even when we just got him in that trade. I'm like, that's a nice piece that we can flip. He's an expiring contract, a nice a nice expiring contract. But watching him play and watching him in the playoffs, honestly, he's just like the perfect kind of NBA switchable forward. He's just, he's a really long defender. He looks like he's in good shape. Brian Seaman kind of mentioned that he's, his body felt good this offseason versus yeah. past few seasons, which is a, always a positive sign versus working yourself into shape, which we also heard from Jermichael Green that that's been happening to him. But that's like a very positive thing. He just seems like a great fit on this team, not only for us, but for the fact that we're going to be missing Paul George and probably Kawhi Leonard throughout the season. He's just a perfect kind of plug-in guy. And he looked dominant yesterday. I know he just kind of found his ways into cracks, but he was just like kicking everybody's ass and not even caring about it. Granted, it's fair that he would do that. He's probably bit, he probably was the best player on the court for, for times for stretches in the game, but he was very comfortable and like his defense was effortless. He just like knew where to put his hands. He just like walked into some blocks, mm-hmm. <laughs> just a long defender. And if he can shoot at a decent, like 35 plus percent clip, that's an asset, man. Yeah. I mean, I think he's good. The Iggy question is fascinating. Um, <sighs> You know, the argument is that Iggy would be more valuable in the playoffs because he's proven he's a championship caliber guy. He has ball handling and playmaking skills that Harkless just doesn't have. I think it's tough because, one, I think Harkless can and has played well in the postseason before. And, two, the regular season matters a lot. Uh, You know, like there's this theory and this mode of thought I think that the NBA regular season doesn't matter but it does if you don't do all in the regular season you're not going to make the playoffs and seeding matters even if you are good enough to make the playoffs so I I think it's really tough I think Harkless Robinson and something else is a big package for like a 36 year old Iguodala who is still good but is not quite as good as he used to be and I still don't really think can be relied upon on a night-to-night basis, even in the playoffs. I mean, I think generally he was there, but his offense kind of comes and goes a little too. So I just think that's a lot. If it was a straight-up Harkless for Iggy swap, 
you probably do that, yeah. but doing else, I don't know. It's really it's tricky. Tough. On the other hand, you're going for a championship, and if you think Hark- uh, Iguodala is even 5% better than Harkless in the playoffs, then maybe you do it. Um, but, yeah, I'm, Harkless is really good. Uh, he played really well, and he played well in ways that I think are, are very translatable to the to the NBA regular season. So it was a really good showing from him. And, yeah, all the buzz has been that he's, he's at a very nice uh, training camp. That's awesome. And speaking of that package, and maybe somebody who might not be as easily translatable, Mr. <laughs> Jerome Robinson. Uh, I had a, actually had a pulse yesterday. Nine points, eight assists, six boards. Still shot like shit from three. Um, but shot a little bit better. Didn't shoot as terribly as he did the previous game. Showed a little bit of that playmaking. Um, yeah. Made some nice passes. You know, I think all of us have kind of quietly i mean a lot of people who are hyped on him compared to lou williams which is obviously um a bit premature but yeah ludicrous but you know the idea yeah the idea that he's a playmaking guard has become more prevalent as the games have gone by and that's kind of what he showed a little bit yesterday it's kind of what they try to get out of him in summer league even though he also played like shit then um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> do we have more hope in Jerome Robinson after this game? Ugh. <laughs> I mean, I don't think one, this is the kind of thing where it's like one preseason game against the Shanghai Sharks just doesn't mean much, especially because in the regular season with the Clippers, he won't have the ball in his hands as much as he did. Uh, you know, I think the Clippers are trying to develop his playmaking and ball handling but if he's on the court, he's not going to be the best or probably even second best ball handler. So he's just not going to be playing like that. I think his passing was nice to see. We really haven't seen much of that. He really did have some very nice passes. On the other hand, the Sharks' defense was awful, like we already discussed. He had two or three of those passes to Harkless, and they were just leaving him open yeah. right underneath the basket. And like I said, Harkless is a big dude, and somehow they just weren't guarding him. Like They couldn't see him. It was baffling. But it was like three plays in about five possessions where he was just standing there. And Jerome was able to get it to him, and they were nice passes. Really really bad defense, my gosh. But, yeah, I mean, these are not plays that are going to be available in the regular season against any NBA team. Even, you know, a team like the Knicks or the Hornets or any, you know, token bad NBA team. It's just not going to be there. So while I think it was good to see that playmaking and that ball handling, I don't think that much can be taken away from him. You know, this idea that they're trying to turn him into a playmaking guard, I think is good for his career, but in a sense it's also bad because he was regarded as a pure scorer. And I think them trying to diversify his game could also be taken as a sign. They're not necessarily fully confident that the scoring is going to be enough to carry him on his own. And I think it's always good to have multiple facets. Lou Williams would not be Lou Williams without his playmaking. Mm-hmm. But the scoring just does not impress me from Jerome Robinson. And that's what he was billed as. So while I think the passing and playmaking is nice, you know, he needs to hit some of these open threes. He needs to yeah, look, seriously. Gosh. He needs to look better going to the basket when we can talk about the Rockets game in a little bit. But when it's not a wide open lane with the Red Sea parting for you. Um, and it's an uncontested dunk. Like, he, that dunk was nice. Like, he drove it hard, mm-hmm. he looked quick with the ball in his hands, and he finished strong. It was all good. I'm not trying to – but the defense was really, really bad. 
And, you know, I, I just don't see this scoring yet. It could be a confidence thing. It could just be all he needs is for that shot to drop and that'll open up everything else. I'm really not trying to disparage him too much because he really did play quite well. Um, and, you know, this is a professional team um, and they were playing hard, but he should dominate those guys. I don't think that was really a big win. It was good to see him play well, but uh, I, I just don't think that much of what he did can be taken away. Yeah. Um... We'll see what Jerome does these last few preseason games against actual actual NBA competition. Um, a guy that a lot of people are thinking will take Jerome's minutes, and a guy that we're both we were both fairly hyped for uh, in the summer league was Terrence Mann, yeah. who had another nice showing: seven points, three assists, four boards, pretty short playing time, one three pointer. Um, looked has just looked competent. Just looked, not competent, but it's just looked good out there. You know, yeah. I think it. it it surprised me immediately how comfortable he was dribbling with both hands and how comfortable his handle was. His decision-making isn't maybe not completely there, but you can see that he has some vision. He gets tentative. He's made some mistakes. I remember he got off his feet one, one, pat, one time and made through a terrible pass. He's had turnovers like that, which is to be expected from somebody who hasn't really played point guard full time. Yeah. Um, but he is promising and um, he's looked good. And, there seems to be a lot of buzz within the team that this guy could get legitimate minutes, and yeah. they're kind of treating him like that. So what do you think about Terrence Mann, Rob? I don't necessarily know where he'd get minutes because if you have him as the backup point guard, uh, it would be him, Lou, and Shamit playing together, I guess, uh, with either Green or Harkless and then Trez, which would be known Rodney Magruder. And Magruder's also had a really good training camp and pretty good preseason so far and yeah um I don't know if he gets minutes over Rodney Magruder that would be really impressive considering Magruder in his several year NBA career has mostly been a starter for um playoff level teams and looks pretty competent out there uh so I don't know about that but the fact that he's even in the conversation is really impressive. Um, I think the most impressive thing is his vision and his passing instincts. I do think his decision-making isn't quite there. 100% of the time, he makes passes too late, or sometimes he has an open lane and he, he shoots, he passes instead of trying to score. But the actual you know, notion of running the offense, I think, needs to come. But the base skills, I think, are absolutely there, especially in terms of passing. The handles are competent, certainly, which, considering he was a wing, this would be really good wing handles. For a point guard, I think they're just serviceable. I think he could definitely serve yeah. to tighten them up a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but overall, I mean, I think – I don't think anybody really would have pegged him to be a point guard coming out of college or in college. No. No draft analyst I saw thought he would be a point guard at the next level. And the Clippers saw something in there where they thought he would be a point guard. And they turned him into a point guard. And it looks like it's working. You know, we need to see, again, actual competition will be much, much different than preseason and much different than the Shanghai Sharks. But the passing and playmaking is there. and. The defense is certainly there. Uh, he will make rookie mistakes just like Shaquille just Alexander made rookie mistakes. But I think he's good enough to be, you know, a roughly net plus defensive player his rookie year. 
and he took a three and drained it. Um, yeah, but you good. know the motion is certainly not. He's not Clay Thompson out there. No, <laughs> but he's also not Michael Kidd Gilchrist. So I think right. there's hope for him being a reasonably good three point shooter. Crazy. It's uh, pretty cool, and you know, not just playing time on a healthy Clipper team. Lou Williams might take a couple of games off. Patrick Beverly is yeah. older and he could get injured. And the idea that maybe he could slot in as a backup at, for those games is super promising. And whether or not he gets a, a niche on this team, completely healthy probably is debatable. Honestly, I like Magruder. I feel like he shows up and he, and he does certain things really well. But maybe there, maybe there's a... Maybe there's some an argument there for playing man sometimes over Magruder, especially if you need another playmaker, ball handler. It's weird to say because I, I like Magruder. I like what he's done. His shot is super weird. I don't know how he ever ever hits shots, but apparently he has yeah, good it's, splits. It's odd. Super weird shot. Whenever he takes a shot, I always think it's he's gonna miss. But um, heady player knows where to go. Makes hard cuts. Good defender. So it's hard to really argue for man over him right now. But you know, just watching these preseason games, you know, it wouldn't be the most surprising. But that's just these preseason games, two of them in in, in a nutshell. Uh, just impressive. He's been impressive. And it's nice to see him continue to, you know, make the translatable moves that we kind of expected him to make after seeing him in Summer League and seeing just a lot of nice intangibles. So that's, that's man. I'm sure we'll talk about him more when we get to Twitter questions because he's been kind of a darling for the Clippers. Um, it's nice to see Ivaka Zubac catch passes and uh, finish <laughs> at the rim. <laughs> he looks stronger. He, he absolutely looks stronger. That's something, that's something you can take away from preseason. He looks noticeably stronger and than he did last year. Mm-hmm. Just physically, he looks bigger. You can see when he's just muscling guys in the post, and when he's going up for dunks, he's a little more confident. He's going up a little stronger. And, yeah, I mean, I think he looks very good physically. I think he's played pretty well. I mean, he fouled out in 11 minutes, but it's Which pre-season. is garbage. And, like, they called so many fouls yesterday. Yeah, I mean, the, the refereeing has been ridiculous so far in preseason. Hmm. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think he's looked quite good, and the strength was a big thing for him. So the fact that he worked on that, I think, is much more important than the three-point shooting, which – would be nice, but realistically, especially this year, would only be like a little side bonus. Yeah, I don't think it's as important. Him getting stronger on both sides of the court is much more important, and he does look stronger. I think that's something we can probably take away through two games. Do I think he's somehow some match for Joel Embiid now? No, absolutely not. <laughs> but, um, you know, if he can get bullied in the post 5% less frequently on both ends, that's a big win. Yeah, Jermichael Green uh, had a nice game after being a bit rusty that first game, hit some nice threes, looked much more comfortable out there. I don't think there's really much to be said about that. He looks fine. Um, what else? Uh, your guy, Derek Walton Jr., had a nice nice game too. Seven points, three assists, a couple of threes. Looked comfortable shooting threes, which I think is, uh, is a question mark a lot of people might have about him, even though he shot pretty well, right, in general in college. Um, yeah, he looked, yeah, he looked very competent out there. Competent is his name. He's a good, he's a good three point shooter. He's not great, but he's he's a good catch and point, catch and point, catch and shoot three point <laughs> shooter. Uh, yeah, he's just competent. I don't think he's like going to be a great NBA player, but I think for the fifteenth man on a roster, just a guy who can play a competent point guard for ten minutes, I think he's good for what the Clippers are looking for. 
Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if they didn't sign him just because they want to keep flexibility or because they think they can get somebody better later uh, via trade or, or waiver or whatever. But um, I think he'd be a fine addition for the 15th man. He's looked good so far. Uh, and more importantly, he's played well both in the G League and in pretty good European competition over the past two years, uh, which to me matters much more than right, preseason right. games. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he's he's looked solid. And certainly he's gotten way more opportunity than any other um, of the training camp or, or two-way guys even. Uh, he's played more than Coffee or Motley, which could just speak to depth. Uh, but I think says probably at least a little bit about how he's looked in uh, in training camp thus far. So yeah, good showing for my for my guy from Michigan. Uh, what did you What did you think of Jonathan Molly? Because I actually kind of read a lot about how good he looked, and I thought he did not look very good uh, yeah, in I, uh, in game two. What did you think about about? I Motley? wasn't I wasn't really impressed. I mean, Motley is the same guy he was last year. He's He's got some nice footwork down low. He's a decent offensive player. I just feel like he's he's kind of a finesse power forward and and we don't that's not really what we need right now. If we if we want a finesse power forward, you might as well just play uh Harkless at the four and, and I'd be fine with that. Like I, I, I'm not that impressed by Motley. I feel like he's a nice he's a nice player to have if Montrez Harrell gets hurt, because he him and Harrell kind of overlap in a lot of ways even though he's probably more of an offensive moves in the post uh, kind of guy versus Harrell, who's just such a blue-collar blue collar worker um, as far as a basketball player goes. I wasn't particularly impressed. I mean, he had a nice line, 11-7. and seven. I, I just thought he has a lot of easy buckets, and and he had a nice Euro step on, on, a, on a nice yeah. drive, which, which he's shown before, which, yeah. which is nice. Uh, I just feel like he's kind of a finesse a power forward and I don't think that's going to fly so much in the NBA. I think it'll be great for him in the G League and has been great. But I just feel like his skills don't translate as easily as uh, as other players might. And I, I don't know how much of an asset he'll be. We wanted to try him the, for the longest time at the five last year because we had Gortat, but Gortat sucked. So yeah. uh, he's not really a five either. You know, I, I don't he's find really him, not. He's too he's, skinny. He's not, he's not an anchor in any way. Uh, so he just feels like this is not a good team for him to really shine with. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that, certainly. But also, in terms of, you know, going back to preseason and what you're looking for, they mentioned, I think, either in the first game or in this one, about how he talked about how he's, like, the best player in the G League and he can do all this stuff. And then on the... In the NBA, it's the opposite, and he needs right. to do all these other things. Right, right. And I didn't really see those other things. Right, like, right, I right. thought he was still trying to do way too much. Like, the Euro step is great. Like, the fact that he can do that at his size right. is awesome. Like, he's really good at basketball. Yeah. Um, you know, anybody who can do that at like six foot 11, like 240, whatever he is, mm-hmm. has a lot of offensive skill. Uh, he definitely has some moves. But, like, the rebounding isn't there. He doesn't really look stronger than he did last year. Um, He's just out of control way too much. He's just trying to do way too much on all these plays. He's not making simple reads. Um, You know, again, I think a lot of the skill and talent is there. I think he definitely needs to bulk up on both ends. But, really, I think he just needs to play far more within himself. He's not going to be, like, a a 25-point-a-game scorer in the NBA, but he's still playing like that. 
Yeah, and that's a great that's a great way to put it. And the and the crew made that same point. He'd be perfect for a team that just revolved around him. And really not in the NBA probably. <laughs> but yeah. like he would be great if we could see all of his skills I feel like are offensive. You know, I feel like he's a great offensive player. He has a ton of you know, a ton of tools in his bag. And you can see his skill in the post or even on the break with that Euro stuff. You can see his skill, but that's not what's going to be asked of him ever in the NBA. And he's not doing those other things. And he probably knows that he needs to do those other things. But like you mentioned, he doesn't play like that. And it's just tough. Yeah. 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 And it's, it's really hard for guys to reinvent their games like that. It's why it's really why a lot of guys bust out is not because they're bad or they don't have skill, but they're not quite good enough to do what they've been doing, uh, you know, at the NBA level, and they don't know how to adjust. Like, think of Andrew Wiggins, who still has a lot of NBA-caliber skills, but insists on kind of being like this high-volume, high-usage scorer when he's really just not great at that in the NBA. Um, You know, he focused on defense and cutting and playing without the ball and off-ball shooting. He could probably still be a very good NBA player and have a nice career. But instead he's trying to do all these things that he's just not good enough at the NBA level to do. I feel the same with Motley. You know, he has a lot of NBA level skills, but they're not really the ones that are the ones he should be getting good at for him to have a nice NBA career. Um, And even more, not just saying offensive, but like, I think he's a great scorer. But in terms of like passing, playmaking, decision making, not seeing you know great stuff from him in the G League, he averaged a ton of assists. It could be just he had the ball so much that he was able to get some. It could be that you know he was more comfortable in his role, so was able to make plays a little bit better. I can't say I watched enough Agua Caliente games to really see. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think there's some hope for him. But I really I want to see different stuff from him. Less scoring, more passing and setting screens and getting boards and stuff. Yeah, um, it just, just doesn't seem like his game. But hopefully he can get yeah. there. Yeah. yeah, I mean, did you have any other, you know, from the, the Sharks game anyway? Is there anybody else who stood out to you? Uh, Kevin, Kevin Gelly uh, is the same. He had a nice three. I think that's really going to be his calling <laughs> card. Eventually, if he gets minutes on this team, won't be this year. Uh, will just be his ability to pick and pop, which he's very yeah, his shot is nice. Very nice, yep. It's really, really nice. It's smooth. It's quick. Um, there's not a lot of waste in motion. It has good results. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think he can shoot right away in the NBA as a pick and pop guy, like mid to high 30s on decent volume right away. It's everything else that I'm not sure about. But yeah. the fact that he can do that as, what is he, like 20, 21 years old? Yep. You know, if the other stuff comes, I think the Clippers will have a very nice player there. Um, yeah. You know, I was not necessarily a huge fan of his on draft night, but he seems like a really, really smart, hardworking guy. And with that shot already in the bag, like, I think he can carve out a pretty nice career. So I haven't seen, like, a ton in in the preseason. It's It's been garbage time even for preseason. Um but he's, the energy is there. That's what people talked about in the draft process. The energy is certainly there. The shot is there. And, yeah, I mean, I don't think he's going to play, like, at all this season in the NBA outside of garbage time. But I'm sure he will be a fan favorite when he checks in. Um, yeah. Because he, I think, actually reminds me, in terms of energy, of Harrell a lot more than Motley does. Mm-hmm. Um, because yeah, he is just all over the court when he plays. Um, but, Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, I mean, there are a lot of fringe guys I'm sure we can talk about. Um, Terry Larrier had a nice seven minutes out there. Uh, <laughs> he's not making the team. He's not making the team, so I don't really care. Amir Coffey probably will be an Agua Caliente guy. Yeah, he's a guy who looks like an NBA player to me, mm-hmm. but it's just the, the Clippers just don't have a spot for him. He's yeah, ideally going to be a forward at the NBA, probably, I'd say, early on, a small forward, and then mm-hmm. probably in a few years as he bulks up a little, probably more of a stretch four. Uh, but right now, I don't think he has the size or physicality to defend those guys, mm-hmm. and the Clippers just don't have a spot for him anyway. Yeah, um, they're just, just a bad team for him. Yeah, but I think he, he looks quite good, I think, in terms of just stuff that translates. He just looks very smooth and controlled out there. His pa- playmaking and passing has been quite nice. I think he can get a little shot happy, but when he does look to pass, I think he's flashed some very nice playmaking skills. Uh, his ball handling is pretty good for a guy his size. Yeah, I mean, I think I think he's looked quite solid. Um, he's you know, looked good. Again, he, was re- he was really good in summer league too. Yeah, considering the caveat that I mean, it's summer league in preseason. Right, right. He was also a three-year college guy, um, which naturally means he's a little older than a lot of these other guys, a little bit more b- built out. But um, yeah, he's played well. I don't I don't think I really have too much else. I mean, the usual guys, Montres Harrell and and Pat Beverly, have both looked really good. Yeah, Pat, you know, Pat, has been, Pat has been dialed in from the moment the ball yeah. went up. <laughs> yeah. So he's been very defensively dialed in. Harold does Harold things. Shaman is not shooting well, but I'm not too stressed. Who cares? About that. Yeah, I don't. There are yeah. some Twitter questions about that. I will answer them, but I'm just going to say right now, I don't care at all that he's missing threes. Yeah, I'm not worried about Shamit at all. They seem to be pushing him to pass a bit more, which is yeah. something they're trying to embrace. And he has not been the best or like the most you know, unpredictable playmaker, <laughs> but he's been fine. I'm not worried about him. Shamit shot's going to hit. He has like one of the best shots in the league. So um, that's mostly it. I mean, you want to talk about that Rockets game much? Yeah, we can a little. I mean, that was just, in terms of the result, preseason doesn't matter anyway. Um, I mean, James Harden played 28 minutes for some God knows what reason. I guess Mike D'Antoni. Uh, and took 22 shots. He got to the free throw line 20 times, which I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> it's preseason. And I am I am not a hardened naysayer in that I think a lot of his free throws are really deserved because he's so crafty and he's so strong. He just forces guys to foul him or reach. But 20 free throws in preseason is absurd. Like, it's mm-hmm. preseason. And the fact that he played 28 minutes, just ridiculous that he played that much. He loves and, stats. He loves and played stats. that seriously. Like, if you're going to play just to kind of run up and down the court and get a little, little familiar with teammates, fine. But, like, he took 22 shots and 20 free throws. Like, D'Antoni was playing him like it was a regular season game that they needed to win. And I just – I don't understand. But that's why if, the Clippers if, if got thrown out. If it's a meaningless game and you need stats, James Harden will show up for sure. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I mean, that's why the Clippers got blown out because James Harden showed up and played, like, a regular season game, and James Harden is one of the best offensive players of all time, and that's what happened. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, in terms of Clippers stuff, uh, this is pretty sloppy. Um, this yeah. was very preseason game one. They had 22 turnovers. They looked pretty disoriented on offense a lot of the time. The energy was there. I think the effort was there. But 
they were also just bricking threes. It's happened in both games where they've moved the ball around pretty well, but just have missed open threes. Nine for 33 in this one, that's 27%. And, uh, yeah, I mean, they also missed a lot of free throws. Again, wouldn't worry too much about it. But this yeah, is a really, game where I think really man yeah. really shines. Yeah, man looked great. Man's nose for those rebounds are really, really great. Um, he had nine boards this game in 25 minutes. Trez was Trez. Lou Williams had like 12 points, I think, in the second quarter real quick and then bowed out. Um, Zubat showed a lot of his, you know, ability to finish down low. He had 10 and 5 in 18 minutes. And, uh, you know, Patrick Beverly very briefly got into it with James Harden, trying to just defending him, which I loved. Um, didn't take a shot, but had zero points, six sports, and two assists. Zero shots. It's great. Uh, Jerome Robinson continued to suck. Um, there really wasn't too much to say about this game. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, yeah. One of preseason is even more preseasony than the rest of it. And that guys are really it's the first time they've played seriously against another professional team in at least four months. In the Clippers case, I think five months mm-hmm. since they left the playoffs, five and a half maybe. And yeah, things are just gonna be sloppy. Like they've played in scrimmages against each other where whether in training camp or just in their runs that they've been doing over the summer. But it's very different playing against an actual team running actual sets that you're not familiar with. Um and yeah, like I, I wasn't really expecting all that much. And honestly, from what I did see, most of the guys looked pretty good. Yeah, you know, Shamit's line is is pretty rough, but it's just because he missed a lot of open threes. Uh, Trez played well. Um, yeah, I mean, Man was just his rebounding was incredible. Mm-hmm. His nose for the boards, um, his size, his length, and really just his instincts. I thought were were truly on display in this one. And it was great to see Lou just doing Lou things. I could watch Lou Williams play basketball until the end of time. Seriously. Um, yeah, and it, I just the way he was hitting those threes and, and drawing fouls, I I cannot wait for the regular season to start and for those points to start mattering. Um, yeah. But this was a rough, you know, if if the Sharks game was a good Jerome Robinson performance, this was a very tough Jerome Robinson performance. And you get the yin and the yang there, I think. In the Sharks game, he had rebounds, he had assists, he was making plays, he was doing other stuff. And in this game, he was mostly just missing shots and fouling. Yeah, he wasn't very good. Um, I think we can just move on. <laughs> you yeah, uh, yeah. Was, it's just, it's, I really want him to do well. Um, that was a tough look. I hope he keeps getting better. Um, Zubats, as you mentioned, looked good. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't have too much else to say. Like, I think honestly, the Clippers on an individual level have played pretty well through most of preseason. I think the only guy who's been bad through both is Shamit, and I don't think it's really anything other than missing shots he's normally going to make. So, I think everybody else has looked pretty sharp and up to speed. Everybody looks, you know, mostly in shape. Um, you know, the coordination and passing and and level of execution is not there, but that will come. But I think on an individual level, I think all these guys look pretty good. Um, yeah. Do you have anything else to say about either of the games? Or that's pretty much it. I'm looking forward to the games in LA. I'm hoping yeah. that we see, um, I'm hoping that we see some Kawhi Leonard. I'm actually going to the game 
against the Nuggets. So I'm, I'm excited for that. And I'm hoping I think Leonard will play. It feels like it. So we'll see. I don't have any sources, but uh, I, I would guess Kawhi plays in that one. Yeah. Um, it's going to be the first game in Staples Center. It's against the Western Conference. I wouldn't say rival, but another Western Conference contender. You know, there are only, what, three more preseason games? I think they have five total. Mm-hmm. At a certain point, they're probably going to get him some minutes. You know, it might literally be 10 minutes, like what Lou did in game one. But I think he will step on the court. Uh, and yeah, I think Lou will like play it. as well. Um, That'd be sweet. Yeah. yeah, so we'll see. Um, and then after that, hold on. Let me let me see their, their schedule. Uh, they have a yeah, game, I think, that's not on television, if I remember correctly. So right now, the Nuggets, the Mavericks – and those are the two that I they see. Have Melbourne. Melbourne, right, right, right. On yeah, Sunday. Melbourne. I don't think that one's actually on television. I don't think that's going to be televised. Right. I could so be mistaken. So um, this, this Sunday they'll be at Melbourne? Yeah, I don't know where that – I think that's at, actually at Staples Center, but I'm not sure. Hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's – I think the next three games we'll probably see slightly more rotations from Doc. They'll want to get these guys some real reps together um, before the season actually starts. So it wouldn't surprise me to see Lou get, you know, somewhat more than 10 minutes in at least one of these games. Uh, Kawhi, I think, will get minutes in at least one, maybe two or three of the next three. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'm not really looking for much of anything particular. It's preseason just for everybody to stay healthy. Yeah, me too. I mean, it'll be nice to see Kawhi get some reps. Yeah. But since George isn't out there, I'm I'm not that intrigued by like his dynamics. Maybe to see how he plays off a of Lou if they play together, but that's mostly it. Aside from that, he'll be just doing a lot of what he did in Toronto. So I, I'm not like too invested with how he plays with the team. I mean, it'll be nice to see them develop some chemistry, hopefully. But um, yeah, I think we can get to Twitter questions. Yeah, we actually have a bunch today. Oh. Uh, which is good. You know, basketball season is back. So, yeah. Um, so first question from Johnny Walker, best food takes and super classy. Uh, J underscore dub 23 underscore one. How impressed are you with man's playmaking? I'm pretty impressed. Yeah. I think he looks pretty natural as a playmaker. Um, you know, again, the decision making the ball handling could certainly improve. But in terms of vision and pure passing ability, he looks quite good. Yeah, he's made some nice, like, no-look passes even that you can't be taught. So, really, really impressed. Um, yeah, really into the idea of him possibly eventually being, like a, like, a backup point guard. And maybe more, who knows? But he looks really good out there. He's got a great, you know... He's got a great body for a point guard. Like, he'll be able to guard any point guard out there. Moves his feet well, physical... Um, but his playmaking has been very impressive. I did not expect him to be this good. Even from the bat, even at Summer League, I was really impressed. I, I, it took me aback a bit how good he looked out there. Yeah. Yeah. Next question from my dad is, uh, Doc mentioned new types of lineups. Do you think he'll overlap Kawhi and PG so they're not always together like Blazers do with Florida and McCollum? So staggering, basically. I don't know if they've really talked about that, probably because PG is not healthy. My guess is that Doc, while he hasn't staggered in the past, probably would a little bit with Paul yeah. and Kawhi. Um, I don't think it would be a complete stagger, so one of them is always on the court. But I think they would be a little. Like, I think 
one of them would probably come out a little early in the first, and the other one come back a little bit early in the second. Um, so I, I, I can't say for sure. I mean, I haven't really heard much about that. At least I haven't heard anything. Uh, but I would guess he does at least a little bit of that. It would make sense. I mean, Blake and Chris were so complimentary that uh, staggering them didn't make as much sense as staggering, even though he should have. Staggering them didn't make as much sense as staggering these two. They're, they have so many similar skills that you would think Doc would stagger them more. You know, Doc hasn't really been a huge stagger guy like you mentioned. But with these two, I, I'd be a little surprised if he didn't do it at least a little bit because it's just how much they overlap, like your dad mentioned. So Yeah, I, I think I think you will at least a little. Pat Zajac, uh, former Lob the Jam host, host and uh, yeah. yeah, just all around good guy and and former guest actually earlier this summer. Um, fearless prediction for the first two games: Lakers Warriors at Chase Center. Go! Oh man, I have to say I don't think they're going to beat the Lakers in Game One. Me neither. Um, that seems absolutely set up for a loss. LeBron is going to be out for blood and Paul George will not play. And they, they win in chase center though. I do think they beat the Warriors in chase center. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think they so. should beat the Warriors. Like the Warriors, I think are going to make the playoffs and I think they're going to be quite good, but the Lakers, uh, the Lakers, the Clippers without Paul George and the Warriors without clay, the Clippers have the advantage. Um, you know, the yeah. Warriors are not particularly deep. They're super reliant on Steph, which, I mean, Steph is one of the greatest players of all time. Like, it's fine to be reliant on him. But I think the Clippers have more talent up and down the roster. And I think that's a game they should win. And uh, I think a lot of the guys who were on the team last year, I think will still have some uh, grievances to air with the Warriors. Yeah, I I think one and one. I think they're going to lose that Laker game. That would be great if they win it. But it feels like it's going to be a loss. The Lakers are pumped even for preseason, so they're going to be playing with maybe a little chip on their shoulder, especially LeBron. So, yeah, uh, and, and Davis. So I think they're going to they're going to lose that game. Yeah. Uh, next question from uh, Black Star: uh, Who do you see? Who do you foresee coming off the bench on opening night if the starting lineup is Bev, Shamit, Kawhi, Harkless, Zoo? So. I think in this case, I think the backups would be Man at point guard, Lou shooting guard, Magruder small forward, Jamichael power forward, Trez center. Yeah, I agree. I don't see how Jerome has has no put put out a. I don't see it. So I think Man should be playing backup right now. Yeah, I mean, I don't think Jerome would get in over. The only options would be him over Man or Magruder. And I think both those guys have outplayed him. Mann offers more ball handling and defense. And Magruder is just a more seasoned veteran who is just better <laughs> at this point. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's the rotation. I think Jerome could challenge for a spot. Uh, but really outside of that, I don't think anybody else really has a chance. I think if that's the starter, I mean, Lou, Green, Trez are set in stone. And then it's just too who the guards are. Um, yeah. But next question from uh, Lou Wellville. Concerned about Shamit's shooting. Also thoughts on Zoo. We already talked about Zoo. Uh, I think he looks pretty good. Certainly yep. looks stronger. I am not concerned at all about Shamit's shooting. Yep. We have an entire season with a huge sample size that he's one of the very best shooters in the NBA. Uh, his form is fantastic. He's still super confident. Until he has 
like 40 games under his belt of being an awful three-point shooter uh, or even just mediocre, I'm not going to worry. I might not worry even then, to be quite honest, um, because of sample sizes and the way sample sizes and statistics can be weird like that. Uh, I'm if there's a scale of zero to 10 for concern about Shamit shooting, I'm at a zero. I'm not concerned at all. Going back to that last question, do you think Harkless starts over green at this point? That's tough. I mean, I think that's the main question, the starting lineup, because I think it will be Beverly Shamit Kawhi zoo with Paul George out. And yeah, I think it's between Harkless and green, Though I think there's an outside shot. McGrew can sneak in there, but I, I think he's too yeah. small. No. Um, so I would probably lean towards green just because I like the shooting out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the other hand, he paired really well with Lou and Trez last year off the bench right, right. Um, and in that series against the Warriors. So I understand kind of matching him up with those guys. I don't think there's like a lose option there. I'd be fine with either of them. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's kind of tough. I think I, I would probably lean towards green as well. But it's tough. And Doc has already talked about changing his lineup some through the season. So maybe it's going to be a matchup type of thing. But that'll be an interesting question going into the season. Next question from Lob City Bandwagon. Man versus SGA. Too many hot takes on hashtag NBA Twitter. But what's your take? Uh, Can we not not compare man to SGA anymore? It's just not a good comparison. I think they're kind of similar size. Um, you know, I'd say both are roughly six, six man is definitely a little thicker than Shay, though. He's also a couple years older and he played wing. Um, but I think they just play completely differently. Yeah. They definitely do have a craftiness to their game and a maturity, but Shay is such a better scorer yeah. than man who like, if he ever averages 10 points a game in the NBA, I'd be kind of surprised. Yeah, man's not looking to score at all, ever. Like, yeah, there. which is not downplaying right. man. Like, he's right. looked really good. Uh, and I think he's going to be a very good defender. I think he'll be a good passer and slasher. But even with Shea's difficulties as a shooter, he was already a much better shooter than man is right now. And he's younger than man. Um, man looks good defensively, but will he be better than Shea was defensively last year? I'm not sure about that. Um, Shea's handles were much, much better mm-hmm. than Mann's. I think Mann will have an advantage in that I think he'll be a better multi-position defender right away because he's he's bigger and stronger than Shea was. And I think yeah, as good as Shea was finishing, Mann is an incredible finisher around the basket, like historically good. So I think he'll be better there. But in terms of play style, I don't think they're really that similar. And I mean, Shea is a really excellent NBA prospect man is a good one. Like certainly a steal for where he was drafted, but I mean, Shea would have been the number two pick in this draft probably, or like top three. If he would have come in this draft this year, this past draft, he would have been a top five pick. Like he would have been top five for sure. And if he was, if you'd taken him after his rookie year and then put him in this draft, he would have been the second pick in the draft. Right. I just, I, Shea is just on another level right now. I understand people getting hyped on man. He's great, but Shea, don't talk to me about Shea right now. I'm still, I'm still very vulnerable. <laughs> Shaft is still in, in mourning. I'm still in a vulnerable place when it comes to Shea. <laughs> the first Thunder Clippers game this year is going to be. Oh, it's going to be emotional. 
With especially if Gallo and Chris Paul are also playing for the Thunder. Right, right. So weird. Gosh. So like just bizarro clippers. Yeah. Um, but uh yeah, I mean I really like Terrence Mann. I was happy when the Clippers picked him. He's been better than even I thought. Their creativity and pairing him at point guard at putting him at point guard, certainly really cool. Um, but yeah, I mean Shea is just on a completely different level. Um yeah. next question. From Tim, Tim with a bunch of numbers. Sorry, I don't want to read all the numbers. <laughs> uh, could Mo break in at the four on the starting unit? Yes. Um, yeah. And then some stuff about how that could be a really good defensive starting five. Oh, I think this is when Kawhi and Paul George are both healthy. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think there's a chance that he continues to start even when George is healthy. I do think that when George is healthy – Green makes more sense even because mm-hmm. I think Harkless is duplicative right. yeah. of Kawhi and especially Paul George. So right. it doesn't make that much sense. And yeah, I mean, that would be a ridiculous wing combo yeah, to have. The three of them would be That's crazy. Would be a terrifying defensive combination. But I think Green's shooting and his size and rebounding is probably a better fit for that lineup um, than Mo. Uh, yeah, the, the whole idea was that we didn't want to bang up Kawhi and Paul George by playing them up front. So yeah. that's if that's the idea, then Green makes more sense at the four. Yeah, I, I think I think, and I think Doc likes pairing guys um, in roles that they will be in later on, which is why I lean towards Green starting because even if Harkless could be a better you know quote unquote replacement for Paul George because. Green is a more ideal starter when George comes back. I think Doc will want him starting all the time. Um, And speaking of stuff like fit and transition, the final question from Corey is, considering how tough the start of our season will be, how important is it for Kawhi to play some preseason games so we can come out firing? I mean, Kawhi's been in the NBA for, what, eight, nine years. I mean, he's won a couple championships. I don't think preseason matters all that much, but, I mean, I think it certainly could not hurt you know, fingers crossed, knock on every wood, barring injury. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think getting him a game or two in preseason would would hurt. And I think it could help at least a little bit. Yeah, I so. think it could help. Doc doesn't seem to be particularly concerned about him playing any preseason games. But, you know, he's been playing well in practice. So let's hope that he can play some games just to kind of warm up a bit. I don't think he cares that much either way. It's not that huge of a deal. But yeah, you know, it does. It is good to get reps, and a lot of the stars are playing, so it'd be good for Kawhi. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's all the questions, and uh, that's basically all I have. Again, all our takes are are couched in the it's preseason. Yeah. Um, but as always, preseason has only made me really want regular basketball to come back. Uh, preseason is infinitely preferable to August and September mm-hmm. when there's no NBA at all. But uh, games not mattering is is not the best. Yeah, I think that'll do it for this episode of the Law of the Jam, the podcast. We're super excited uh, for regular season games now that we've gotten a taste of preseason. And we'll be back next week uh, talking some more about the next last few games. Hopefully, I'll have some fun stories from this Nuggets game I'm going to. And that'll about do it. As always, go Clippers! Clippers!